Praise God. Father, thank you. Again, Lord, we come into your house and we praise you and we worship you and we give you honor. And we thank you for the opportunity that, Lord, we can do that. And it's through the blood of Jesus Christ, the shed blood of Christ, that we're able to come into, Lord, that place, that holy place, without guilt or shame or condemnation. And we thank you for that. I pray, God, that you would touch me today with the word, that it would go forth and find fruit in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week I spoke about faith concerning Peter, how Jesus prayed that his faith would fail not. And this morning I would like to do a follow-up sermon that I've entitled Feelings Versus Faith. This is an important topic. It's an important word from God because we're so fooled by our feelings and our emotions. Feelings means your approach. It means your emotional state, your mood, your outlook, your stance, your position. Look at the word that I'm using. Your thoughts, your judgments, your beliefs, your mindset, your way of thinking, your opinion, your point of view, your way of behaving. Feelings can be good and feelings can be bad. They can make you feel good or make you feel bad. Feelings can be misleading. And if we're not careful, feelings can convince us that an untruth is really true. Let me say that again. If we're not careful, feelings can convince us that an untruth is really true. Such feelings set us up for the state of denial. Denial, I think we have a definition here. Denial is a renunciation, a rejection, a disavowal, a refutation, a disagreement, a defiance, a dissent, a rebuttal, and refusal for the truth. Definition of denial is a defense mechanism in which a person unconsciously rejects thoughts, feelings, needs, wishes, or external realities that they would not be able to deal with if they got into the conscious mind. I'm going to read that again. Denial is a defense mechanism in which a person unconsciously rejects thoughts, feelings, needs, wishes, or external realities that they would not be able to deal with if they got into the conscious mind. That's a pretty heavy concept. Most of the times you find denial in reference to relationships and addictions. 
You find denial usually in reference to relationships, addictions, and to belief in God. The word of God is true. The word of God is trusted. The word of God has been tried. The word of God is absolute truth for the situation or circumstance that you may be experiencing. I want you to realize something this morning. Truth is a person. Truth is a person. John 14 and 6 tells us, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except by me, by Jesus. Truth is a person. So you need to look this morning in the seat beside you and see Jesus there as if he was speaking to you. He's your counselor this morning. He's the person that wants to give you truth that supersedes feelings, emotions, and defense mechanisms, especially denial. The word of God is absolute truth. There's no variation. The word of God is the final say. Doesn't matter how I feel. Doesn't matter what I believe. It doesn't matter about my opinion, my thoughts, my judgments, my moods. It doesn't matter what you think about my situation. Most people go around saying, well, I feel. I believe. What do you believe and what do you feel? Is it based on God's word? Or are you tricking yourself through emotions? Or are you lying to yourself through emotions? Will we accept what God says about our situation? Or will we ignore his wisdom and knowledge? That's a question that we all have to ask ourselves. If he's sitting next to you this morning and you have a situation or a circumstance that you have feelings about, but you don't know if they're accurate, you need to turn to him and say, Lord, is this accurate based on your word? Or am I only hoping? You know, I can hope to become a brain surgeon. I can feel like I can be a brain surgeon. But at this point in my life, guess what? I'm not going to be a brain surgeon. I I can feel like I can play center field for the New York Mets. I I feel that. I feel like when I'm watching a baseball game, I feel like I can put my glove on and put my cleats on and put my uniform on and and go out there and play center field for the New York Mets. But guess what? You think that's going to happen? It's an unrealistic feeling. We have feelings similarly about love, about relationships, about God. People say, well, I believe. And I have to stop right there. What do you believe? Well, I believe there's many ways toward heaven. That's a feeling. That's your opinion. But Jesus said, I am the way. He didn't say there were many ways. He said, I am the truth. He didn't say there were many truths. I am the way, the truth, and I am the life. No man. It didn't say some. It didn't say a few. It didn't say a majority. It says no man can come to the Father except through Jesus. That's the truth. And you know why people don't want to accept that truth? 
Because here's what people refute and say through denial. Well, I can't believe a God would send anyone to hell. Well, God never sent anyone to hell. It's our choices. It's our choices. Well, I, I can't believe if God exists, why, why are there poor people in the world? Or why are there children who have no food? They want to refute through denial that God is God. And it's not God's fault what man has done. It's not God's fault. Jesus came to die for our sins. That was our fault. And he nailed him to the cross so that we can have absolute truth and have a relationship that's transparent with God. Most people will not accept God's counsel. The question is this, will we accept his counsel even if it is not what we want to hear at the moment? How many times have you spoken to people and they say, I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. I don't want that to be true. What is it true? Is rain wet? Is snow white? Come on, think about that for a moment. Is the earth round? Think about it. We can refute and we can dispute and say, well, you know what? I, I, I believe the, the earth is flat and that if we get so far out that we're going to fall off the ledge. Well, you know what? You're not right. But we can fight all day long and we can argue about that while you're in denial that the earth is round. And that's exactly what people do in life. They argue with God about their situation. Follow me. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 10, 2, verse 10, the second part of the verse says this. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. That's it. Next verse. Sorry. And for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. I want to read that again. Because they receive not the love of the truth. What is the truth? He's a person. It's Jesus. And what he says in the word of God. That they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them. God shall send them. What? A strong delusion. That's why some people are delusional. Because why? That they should believe a lie. People believe lies. Because they will not accept the love of God's truth. They believe a lie about life. About relationships. About their future. They believe a lie when they stick a needle into their arm. They believe that this is okay. This is good. We're going to legalize marijuana now. So some people want to argue, well, is marijuana a gateway to other drugs? We want to decriminalize people coming across the border illegally. What are we saying? It's what the Word of God says. It's the age of lawlessness. It's the age of license. It's the age of entitlement. Hey, listen, I'm going to smoke marijuana. Okay. And get black lung. Oh, that's not going to happen to me. My brain cells aren't going to die. Oh, it's not going to happen to me. That's just what you say, Pastor. 
That's what the drug counselors say, Pastor. And it's not a gateway. Okay? Let me see your life in five years. I looked at some film the other day of brain scans. I want to tell you something. You want to get shocked? Look at the brain scan of a person that doesn't smoke marijuana. And look at the brain scan of a person that smokes marijuana. I'm telling you, it's scary. But if I showed pictures to people and put that on the internet, you know what they would say? That's just someone else's brain. It's not my brain. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect me. It has no effect on me. Oh, of course not. You're one of those that it has no effect on. Has no effect on your life and the way you act and the way you behave. Doesn't affect uh, your, your sleeping habits, your moods. Doesn't affect anything. You're just good to go. People say, well, I'm a social drinker. But they're really an alcoholic. You know how you can test the person if they're an alcoholic or not? You counsel with them, and you give them a homework assignment. For the next three days, don't have a drink. I could do that. No, for sure. For sure. For the next three days of your life, to prove that you are or that you're not, don't have a drink. Guess what? If you're an alcoholic, you're going to get a drink somewhere. Right. You're going to lie. You're going to deceive. You're going to seduce. You're going to sneak. You're going to do something. Same thing with drugs. I'm not a drug addict. Come on. That's what scientists say. It's denial. And we fool ourselves when someone wants to sit down with you and say, this is the truth of your situation because this is what God says. Hmm. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 21 says, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. God speaks to our conscience. Everyone's born with a conscience. Even a child knows when he puts his hand in the cookie jar, before he puts his hand in the cookie jar, he does the lookout. He looks to the left, he looks to the right to see if mama's looking. How does a two-year-old or a three-year-old child know that? Because God gave him a conscience. Kids know when they do wrong. Did you hit your brother? Not me. Well, how come he's bleeding from the top of his head? How come he's crying and you were the only other person in the room with that person? I don't know. I think you're in denial. I think you're telling a lie. I don't think you want the truth. Isn't that true? But we do that as adults. We do the same thing. We lie to ourselves. And we continually do that. The word of God says, And thine ears, thine ears shall hear a word. Your ears are the receiver of divine revelation. Think of that for a moment. Your ears are receivers of divine revelation where God wants to uncover, where God wants to disclose to you, where God wants you to discover what the truth is. What's he saying? And thine ears shall hear. The word hear in Hebrew means to hear, listen to this, with attention and interest. <laughs> hey, listen, you can hear me preach this morning the word of God without attention and without interest. 
You can say, well, when is that old guy going to be done? I got things to do. I got places to go, people to see. And that might be true. But if we really want divine revelation from God, and our ears receive divine revelation, and we hear with attention and interest, but not only that, with the idea to listen and to obey and to understand what God is saying. Listen, I've counseled thousands of people in my life. And I've had a lot of people come to me to test me. And they come with some frivolous situation that really is not the real issue. Which usually it's not the real issue the first time you counsel with someone. They come to test you. They come to see what you have. They come to see what your approach is going to be. And they decide at that moment if they're going to come back, if they want to hear more from you. And so they come back. And you start to counsel with them. And you start to unpeel the layers of the onion. There's a magical moment and a mystical moment between the counselor and the counselee where the counselee has to decide how much of that onion do I want peeled by this person that's speaking to me from God's word. And I've seen it numerous times in the ministry. I just know when someone's going to bail. I just know when someone is not going to come back. I just know that someone is going to leave my office and say, I got this. I'm right, and I don't need any more truth, because if I accept the truth that you're giving me, I'm going to have to deal realistically with the circumstance or the situation that I'm involved in, and I don't want to do that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or are you hearing what God's saying? And thine ear shall hear a word. What's the word? The word is God's declaration to us. It's God's conversation. It's God's conversation with you about your situation. Are you looking at it realistically and truthfully? It's God sometimes giving you a command, telling you to do it or not to. It's God telling you a promise. Sometimes it's God speaking to you about a warning. This is the way. Listen to what the word says. And thine ear shall hear a word behind thee saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. How many times in the ministry have I counseled with people in marriage counseling? And one or the other said to me, privately, without the spouse, You want to know something? As I was walking down the aisle of that church, something was saying to me, get out of here. Get out of here. I can't tell you through the years that I've heard people say, they knew it was wrong. They knew it was wrong. And then when the consequences took place after they did what God said not to do, then they get mad at God. And as me as a pastor, what did I do? I'm not the one that's to be guilty. I'm the one that's trying to give the word of God to people and say, walk ye in it as the word says. Those in the word says, you shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. And when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left, listen, we know the truth. We know when we're supposed to go right or left. We know. But we refuse. Because of feelings. I want to be loved. I want to be happy. I want this. I want that. 
God is saying that's not the reason. People know when they stick a needle in their arm that they could die. But I have to have pleasure. I have to escape. I don't want to deal with my problems. Listen, drug addiction, any addiction is a symptom. It's not the cause. And most people participate in the symptoms because they don't want to deal with the cause and they enter into denial and deny that they even have a problem. That's not my problem. That's not my problem. When you cut to the chase with people and say, hey, listen, let's just talk turkey. Let's just talk adult to adult. You have a problem. I don't have a problem. Everybody's doing it. Look at the internet. A lot of people are on drugs. Look at the world. Everybody's smoking pot. Like I used to tell my clients. Not everybody where you live is a drug dealer or a drug addict. Millions of people go to work. Millions of people go to school. Millions of people take care of their family. Come on, man. Don't give me no excuses because where you live, it's your choice. And there's plenty of help on every street corner in America if you want some help. So what's your excuse? Oh, you don't understand. Maybe I don't. But I understand this. If you continue in the behaviors that you're doing, you're going to die. And unfortunately, 200 people a day don't believe that statistic. And they die at the end of the day. Psalm 16.8 is very comforting. It says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also rests in hope. I dwell confidently in the Lord knowing he is at my right hand. Listen, if there ever was a moment that we need truth, if there ever was an age that we're living in that we need truth, it's truth now. Because so many people are living a lie. Proverbs 3, 5 says this. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. What's God saying? He's saying trust. Have faith in my word. Have hope in my word. Have confidence in my word. And what is the word? And who is the word? The word is Jesus. Be confident and bold in me, he's saying. I will make you secure. You can rely upon me. You can depend upon me. You can feel safe in me. But that's not good enough for most people. Because we have to go ex cathedra. We have to go outside the word of God. And we have to say to God, hey, listen, I really love you, Lord. But I got to go seek this out because this is more important to me. Listen to what God is saying. He's saying, trust in the Lord. He didn't say trust in my opinion. He didn't say trust in your girlfriend's opinion or your boyfriend's opinion or who's ever opinion. He's saying trust in the Lord with what? All thine heart. The commentator Gill says, don't trust in any creature. Not in any creature enjoyment as riches, strength, and wisdom. Don't trust in outward privilege arising from natural descent and education. Do you know who I am? Do you know who my dad is? Do you know how much education I have? He's saying trust in the Lord. Don't trust in that. Don't trust in your good looks. Don't trust in your intelligence. Don't trust in your college education. Don't trust in your know-how. Gil's saying don't trust in man's self in his own heart, which can be deceitful. 
A friend can deceive you if he's not an honest friend. A friend can sort of placate you. A friend can put their arm around you and tell you what you want to hear. And you know what? Most people seek out that kind of an individual because they know that person's going to agree with them. Because they know that that person is going to tell them what they want to hear. When they come against someone that's different, and they come against someone that says, listen, that's not true. That's right. You're deceiving yourself. You're living a lie. And eventually, the lie is going to catch up with you and entangle you. That God's going to send you a strong delusion that you're going to believe more lies. Because that's the word of God. What's God saying? Don't trust in any works of righteousness done by you. Don't, don't trust in your profession even of religion or the duties of it, but trust in the Lord with what? All thine heart. Trust in the Lord. Some people say, well, I don't know if I could do that. What other alternative do you have? I've looked at the eyes of many people in my lifetime and said, your best thinking has got you where you are, son. You like where you are? You like some other human being telling you when you can go to the bathroom and when you can eat? You like some other human being telling you that you can't get out of here until they tell you to get out of here? That's right. Is that what you want? You're living the dream. Is that what you're telling me? I'm living the dream. What's the dream? Sir, permission to speak, sir. That's right. Sir, permission to use the head, sir. Sir, permission to proceed, sir. Sir, permission to speak, sir. So permission to enter the doorway, sir. What are you talking about? That's living the dream, son? Your best thinking got you here. So maybe you should exchange your thoughts for God's thoughts. Maybe you should exchange your ways for God's ways. Is that a possibility? That's the only hope we have in society. It's to bring people to Christ and Christ's thoughts, and to bring people back, not to relativism, that everything is okay, but to bring people back to absolute truth, which is the word of God. It's still the most popular book in the world. You could buy it at Wegmans. You could buy it at Tops in the grocery store. Why does God make it so available to people? He says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. What is your heart? It's your inner man. The real you. Your soul, your understanding, your inclination, your resolutions, your determination, your conscience, your seat of courage. It takes courage to accept truth. I said it takes courage to accept truth. Listen, nothing happens without courage. I heard a wonderful man of God preach a sermon on courage in a men's seminar that all of the men in the church went to some years ago. Nothing begins without courage. You have to have courage to step forth, take a stand. Lean not to your own understanding. God is saying, don't stay in your thoughts. Don't rely on your thoughts. Don't rest in your thoughts. Don't lieth in it. You know how some people say, well, you made your bed, lie in it? You don't have to. Something can change. Don't trust in it. Don't support yourself with it. Don't lean upon it. What's God saying? God's saying, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. What's your own understanding? Your wisdom, your knowledge, your discernment, your insight, 
your feelings, your emotions. Some people think, if I do this, then this will change. If this happens, then this will happen. Listen, we're, we're fooling ourselves. We're lying to ourselves. And we, when we look in the mirror, when the man looks in the mirror, or the woman looks in the mirror, you have to ask yourself a question. Am I deceiving myself? Lean not to your own understanding means what? Our own understanding opposes trusting in the Lord. Our own understanding, our own thoughts. That's why Jeremiah said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. God's saying, take my thoughts, Jeremiah said. And I have a plan for your life. A plan for success and not for evil. But how many people go by that? They keep doing what they're doing. The definition of insanity. Thinking something is going to change. It's not. It's not going to change. The only way it's going to change is when God's word is applied to your situation and your circumstance. And you take a stand and say, in the name of Jesus, I'm trusting in the Lord with all my heart. I'm not leaning to my own understanding, but in all my ways, he will guide me. He will direct my paths. Mm. Men should not depend upon their own wisdom and understanding, but should seek the direction and blessing of divine providence. Proverbs 3, 6 says, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. How do we acknowledge God? In your journey. On the road and path of life. In the course of life. In your moral character. You follow him, even if it hurts. Even if it goes against the tide. Even if it goes against what people are saying for you to do. You know the word. If you have any ounce of God in you, you know whether you go to the right or to the left. You know. Don't be convinced by other people's feelings and emotions. You're going to be deceived. So many make the wrong mistake because they don't acknowledge God in their life. Gil, the commentator, says, Know him, the Lord Jesus. Set the Lord before thee. Have him always in view. Consider him as ever present with thee observing every step that thou takest, and take not one step without his leave and without his advice. Ask wisdom of him who gives liberally, consult his word, and make the scriptures thy counselors or my counselors, or, or, or the counsel, the men of counsel, as in Psalm 119.24. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Take him as your guide. Observe the footsteps of his providence. Follow the lamb wherever he goes. Follow Christ where he goes. Not everybody wants to go there with you. Not everybody's going to make that decision. Not everybody's going to be spiritual. Not everybody wants to take up their cross and follow Jesus. People make excuses. They become passive. They try to convince other people why they're in the state they're in. And they just choose to remain there. Listen, there's no reason why someone can't change. There's no reason why God can't get you off your mountain. There's no reason. Because the word of God conquered sin, conquered death, conquered the grave, and there's nothing in your life, in your situation or circumstance, if you go by God's word, that God can't change the direction of your life. But we take the tuck head. 
And we say, I'm going to do it my way, Pastor. Listen, the Bible says in Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk, walk in it, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Romans 8, 4 says that the righteousness of the Lord might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Feelings walk after the flesh. Emotions walk after the flesh. Feelings and emotions say, I want to be happy. Feelings and emotions prioritize our life against the word of God. Well, I have to have this. This has to work. And we force it. We force it. And you know what? When you force it, it amounts to a bunch of nonsense. And that's what people are doing. I look at the internet and I see people that I know and they're looking for love. And they're trying to force a relationship. You can't force someone to love you. You can't force someone to make a commitment to you. You just can't. It's not your job. Maybe it's the wrong person. Maybe it's not the right path. Maybe it's not the time of life. Maybe we should trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to our understanding and all thy ways acknowledge God and he'll direct our path. Maybe that's the better place to go. Joshua said in Joshua 23 and 6, Be ye therefore very courageous to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that you turn not aside from there from to the right hand or to the left. It takes courage to keep and to do God's word. Listen, I'm not standing here this morning and telling you it doesn't take courage. And there's been numerous times in my life, as a person, as a pastor, that I've had to stand for truth and it cost me. You can ask my family, it cost us dearly. It cost me shame, embarrassment, character assassination. It cost me job, paycheck. But I had to stand for what was right by God's word. It didn't matter how high and mighty people were in my life above me. It didn't matter. All that mattered at that moment was, what will you do, son? Will you stand for the truth, or will you cave in like a tent? Ask my wife if it didn't cost us. So I'm not speaking at a turn. I'm speaking from experience. I know the pain of rejection. I know the pain of abandonment. I know the pain. I know the marks of the ministry. So people can't come to me and say, well, you don't understand. Yes, I do. I understand betrayal. I understand a knife in my back. I understand it. I've experienced it. Psalm 32 and verse 8 tells me, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Mm. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. I've watched people 
try to change other people and give them motivational instruction. I've watched drug counselors try to motivate drug addicts. You've seen it. It reminded me of an Amway meeting. That this soap is the best soap in the whole world. That this mouth spray is the best mouth spray in the whole world. That this table cleaner is the best table cleaner in the whole world. Have you ever been to an Amway meeting? Yes, yes. The hoopla. Hurrah! Hurrah! It's like a circus. That we're all going to become rich. Multi-level marketing. Get everybody under you. Get people under you. Walk into churches years ago when there's soap powder in the back of the church. Because you know what? They always try to hook the pastor. I got hooked. You know why? Because the pastor has influence with people. Give me names. Give me addresses. Give me phone numbers. Yeah. Probably still got some of that soap somewhere stored somewhere. <laughs> Are you serious? Come on. We've all fallen for that, haven't we? Really. Here's what God is saying in Psalm 32.8. I'll cause you to understand. I'll instruct you in the knowledge of God. I'll give you peace. I'll give you righteousness. I will lead you into the path of truth. I'll lead you in the way you should go. What's God saying? Listen, people want to know, how do I know what's God's will? It's very simple to find God's will. First, you need a scripture, a chapter and a verse, scripture and a verse. Then you need the circumstance that fits that chapter and verse. But the most important thing at that moment after you have those first two, you have to have peace in your heart about the decision you're about to make because the peace in your heart is actually the umpire of your decision. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, it could be biblical. Let's say it's a job. It could be even a great job, a great offer. But you walk out of the interview and you say to yourself, boy, it's a great opportunity. It's a, it's a great job. I, you know, I, I, I could become an executive. But you get in your car and you s- sit behind the wheel and you say to yourself, but God, why don't I have peace about that? Right there is your decision not to take that job. Is it biblical? Yeah, to work. The man, man shall... Not eat unless he works. That's what the word says. It's biblical. But there's some gnawing in your heart that says, it's not right. I shouldn't do it. How many people go against the umpire of their heart and refute what God is saying through his spirit? Because he says, I'll instruct you. I'll teach you. I'll guide you. I'll go with you. Don't be like the horse or the mule, which has no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. What's God saying? Accept my word, and accept my truth, and accept my counseling. Proverbs 4.20 says, My son, attend to my words. 
What don't men and women understand that are young? That's pretty plain, isn't it? My son or daughter, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health also to their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. What doesn't a young person understand about that verse? Come on, Peter. Come on. Come with us. Where are we going? Come on, just come. Got something going on. What do you got going on? That secret. Come on, just come. You know that the road that that kid's going on right now is going to be the wrong road. And he's going to probably end up doing something so stupid and foolish that he possibly could be arrested. And then when he gets arrested, he says, but Peter told me. Peter? He's in trouble also, because he got arrested also. But it's not about Peter. It's about you choosing not to be led by God, not to be guided and instructed and taught by God. You chose. So at that point, should I feel sorry for you? I feel sorry for you that you messed up. But look at your inclination. Look at your resolve. You went on your own understanding and you leaned on it. And when you lean on your own understanding, it's like a broken fence that's going to fall down. I've seen so many people lean on a broken fence. It's not broken. Oh, okay. There's no nails in it. Okay. Lean on it. Fall on it. Get pricked. By the nails. Feel pain. But don't believe what someone's trying to tell you. Don't accept truth. And truth being Jesus. What's God saying? Gil says this. That when we attend to God's words, that God will keep us from pride and arrogance. Mm. He'll keep our understanding from error. He'll keep our will from unreasonable decisions. He'll keep our conscience clear of guilt. What's he saying? He says, our thoughts from being employed on bad subjects. This is what Proverbs, listen, if there's any book a teenager should read in the word of God, it's to get the scriptures. Get a King James version of Proverbs and then get an easy translation of Proverbs. Read the proverb in King James version and then read it in whether you want the living Bible, the message version or what. Listen, if you can get a teenager or a young person to read the book of Proverbs and he reads that or she reads that book of Proverbs attentively, willingly, and wanting to learn about life, that child will prosper. Listen, Stephen Scott, great author, great man of God, entrepreneur, was given a challenge by his mentor to read the book of Proverbs. And he studied it. He read it. And his mentor said, you'll become a man of wisdom and you will become a millionaire. How's that for a mentor speaking into your spirit? The men in this church saw Stephen Scott's 
presentation over a series of weeks. Humble man. Very humble. Family man. But what did he say? I read God's word and applied it to my life. And to God be the glory. He's enriched me to help other people. You see, he's the one that's behind all those exercise machine commercials and infocommercials with Pat Boone and all these famous people. People say, you'll never get him. He says, you know what? Why not? I have vision because God spoke to me. The book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom, a book of knowledge, and a book of understanding. Proverbs says this in Proverbs 4.25, Let thine eyes look right on, and thine eyelids look straight before thee. You know, I thought about that verse, and I studied it out one time. And let thine eyelids look straight before thee. You know how sometimes you look at something, but you have to squint a little to see it just a little more clearly. This is what God's saying in this verse. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids just squint a little to get just a little better view and a little better picture, especially if you're not wearing your glasses. And ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left hand. Remove thy foot from evil. What's he saying? Again, God said, I'll, I'll guide you. My word is true. My word is absolute. My wisdom, my knowledge is above anything that you can feel, think, or have an emotion about. But why don't people accept God's word? Why do the heathen rage? Why do the nations go to war? Why is there so much hatred and bitterness in life, in our country? Why is there so much strife when the Bible tells us about these issues and tells us how to solve these issues. Where there's envy and strife, there's every evil work. The word says that. How many folks do you counsel as a pastor, as a minister, as a counselor? And they say, I want help, okay. And I tell them from the get-go, the only help that I can give you is from God's word. I want to give you God's word about your situation. I, I want you to explain to me what the situation is, what the circumstance is, and then let's look for the prescription from God's word to help heal whatever you're experiencing, to help undo whatever you are experiencing, to set yourself on the right course, set so that you can have peace in your heart. So that you can have that true happiness in the Lord, knowing that now you're operating in God's thoughts and not manipulating the situation or the circumstance like so many people do to right. get their way. Right. Manipulation is evil. It's an evil spirit. Manipulation is control by an outer force that tries to bring someone into their realm of thinking and behaving. That's not God. God is not a manipulator. We're not puppets on a string. We're not mannequins in a store. We're people that God allows us to have choices 
And we have to allow people to make choices. Because when we manipulate and we think we get what we want, be careful what you think you're getting. Be careful what you're asking for. Because if you're not walking in the wisdom and knowledge of God, you're walking on a wrong road and you're picking some poisonous fruit that you're going to bite into like they did in the Garden of Eden and it's going to cause self-destruction. Listen, I like other people's opinions. I like other people's views. And I can take all that into account as I come to a close. But the final word and the final say is what thus saith the Lord. To me, my situation and my circumstance at this time in my life. I hear what the Lord's saying this morning. Feelings can deceive us. Dr. Dobson wrote a book about emotions on how they can deceive us. They can deceive us into believing a lie. So I conclude with this. We must trust God's word above our emotions. I want you to look at that. We must trust God's word above our emotions. My emotions might tell me that I can become a brain surgeon or play center field for the New York Mets. That's a lie. It's not going to happen. It's not even realistic. But I can believe that every day and tell you that and convince myself till the day I die that I'm going to be a brain surgeon. Don't let me operate on your brain. Because it will not be successful. We must believe God is wise and able to bring us through even the most difficult moments. We must believe that God is wise and able to bring us through even the most difficult moments. Look at the word of God. And look at so many difficult moments men and women went through that God brought them through. Praise God. Leaning on our own wisdom... And knowledge outside of God's word is like leaning upon a broken fence. I like that. Leaning on our own wisdom and knowledge outside of God's word is like leaning upon a broken fence. Hmm. Continuing. We must trust the answer to be in God's word and not take up for ourselves and become impulsive in our actions. We must not formulate our own plan, listen, according to our emotions or opinions as they will fail. (laughs) Stop right here. you, You have to look at that again. We must trust the answer to be in God's word and not take up for ourselves and become impulsive in our actions. That's what gets so many people in trouble. They decide impulsively to make a decision and then they find out down the road it burns them. Instead of stepping back, finding peace in God, going into the throne room of God, going into the Holy of Holies and say, God, what do you say about this? It doesn't matter what anyone else says. 
We must not formulate our own plan according to our emotions or opinions as they will fail. How many people get a piece of paper out and find 10 ways how I can solve my problem? Instead of going to the word of God and finding out what does God say for me to do concerning my situation? We must accept the answer from God's word even though it may be uncomfortable for the moment. We must accept the answer from God's word even though it may be uncomfortable for the moment. I've been in situations as a pastor, counselor, where someone has asked me for advice and gave it to them biblically and it stunned them. It's not what they wanted to hear. And for the moment, it made them uncomfortable. And as they digested it, even there, or when they went home and came back and said, the word of God was right. The word of God was accurate. Thank you. Sometimes it works out that way. Because the word of God says this in Matthew 4, 4, closing. But he answered and said, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Amen. How shall we then live? By every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Amen. So many people have gone on the path of destruction listening to other people's opinions. And People who are friends and people who love you can be subjective in their opinions. They can try to skew you to their way of thinking, thinking that they know. Unless you've seen a vision or a dream, or you have the word of God backing you, I would back off. You can listen respectfully, but the ultimate decision that we make in life that we have to answer to God for is the word of God. Our decisions must be based on God's word. And when you base them on God's word, not everyone's going to agree with you. Some people might say, I don't know about that. My response to them is, give me an alternative scripture, chapter, verse to refute what God's saying about my situation. And I'll entertain it. Show me where I'm wrong, biblically, scripturally, Show me where I'm wrong, and I'll entertain what you have to say to me. But if you can't, then I ask you to take a little distance. That's why some people are so quick to give advice and counsel. And they talk carnally, and they don't talk spiritually. You have to sit down and pray and say, God, what's the best in this situation? Because someone's coming to me, having confidence in me. Whether you're a man or a woman, a minister or not a minister, a preacher or not a preacher, when someone comes to you, we can be prejudiced in what we tell that person based on our life experiences, trying to get them to come this way because of our feelings and our emotions when that's not the way God says to go. God says, walk in the path that I tell you. We all have to answer for ourselves individually. And when you do that, 
and rely on God's word, you will find out that Jesus is absolute truth. Sitting beside you right now, ask him, Lord, what should I do at this moment in my life? And see if he doesn't give you the answer. Thank you, and God bless you for listening.